the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. On today's edition, a conversation with someone that is perhaps familiar to you. He is the keynote speaker on the weekly broadcast of Living on the Rock Radio, the founder and senior pastor of Living Rock Church, located in Sunnyvale, and a delight to join us on the program today, Pastor Israel Labson. Pastor Labson, thank you so much for carving some time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Well, thank you very much, Craig, for the opportunity. This is a... a, a a real privilege for us to be Church of the Week for KFAX, and really appreciate that uh, that opportunity to be here. Absolutely, our privilege and an opportunity to get a chance to get to know a bit more about you and what God is doing in and through your ministry. I want to start with perhaps a bit of a fundamental question, but but one I think that might be of interest to listeners. Um, in the choosing of both the name of your congregation as well as the radio broadcast, Living on the Rock, kind of pull back the curtain, if you would, for us and tell us why the Lord led you to use that title. Well, you know, Jesus is the rock, and we feel that a name must reflect our main focus, and that is we need to to focus on who Jesus is in our lives. And that's fundamentally the focus of of my preaching ministry, to just lead people to lean and then stand on the rock and then live on the rock. I mean, fundamentally, uh, a Christian must have that established in his or her life. And and so that's basically, there's there's nothing else, uh, nothing behind the meaning of the the name is just to focus on Jesus as the only um, way where we can stand in life. And, and really foundational to not only his teachings, but foundational to what our relationship with him should be. And, and perhaps sadly, far too often, uh, we're seeing, and, and certainly research is even bearing this out as we get reports about the number of people that identify today as nuns, meaning they have no religious affiliation whatsoever, right. and perhaps were raised accordingly so. And, and, and as a result, even seen within the church, growing numbers of people that... They come to church, they get blessed, maybe they watch it over a live stream, they like what they hear, they feel encouraged. But in terms of any sense of their life being built on some sort of firm foundation, uh, that Christ being central to who they are, how they live, their relationships, uh, their day-to-day decisions, that that oftentimes we see certainly perhaps a, a greater degree of more cultural type Christianity than what I'll call true faith. And I would wonder if if that is especially so in a region like the San Francisco Bay Area, where we have such a high per capita income and higher degrees of education and, and, and people tend to, for the most part, live fairly comfortably and of course with that kind of a backdrop oftentimes people say well you know i I call out to god when i'm really in trouble and need him but on a day-to-day basis not so much so 
That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned it. The Bay Area is a very tough uh, nut to crack, so to speak, when it terms, uh, you know, to presenting the spiritual aspects of life, the gospel itself. And uh, and sometimes even Christians forget that, uh, you know, Jesus calls us to his kingdom and and because there's so much distraction, there's so much knowledge floating around, there's so much um, opportunities to, you know, to make money, as you said, that we forget that um, when we enter the kingdom of God, Jesus becomes our king. He becomes our ruler. And the focus of our lives must revolve around our relationship with Christ, regardless of where we are, um, what station we we have in life, whether you know we're we're, we're struggling, uh, or whether we, we're we're riding high on this Bay Area um, lifestyle that we have, we need to understand that Jesus is our our Lord and our King, and uh, and and we need to, to design our lives based on that. You've been involved in church ministry here in the San Francisco Bay region for a good number of years. I'll mention for the benefit of listeners that you graduated from San Jose Christian College, known today as William Jessup University. You also have your master's degree from Western Seminary. How long have you been working here? And and what are some of the changes that you have seen down through the years that present both challenge and opportunity for the church? Well, I'd like to mention that I had been a bivocational pastor for the past 25 years, and I had been serving Living Rock for uh, for 25 years. Um, and I have uh, seen a, a great many changes. I, I still have a job today. I still work secularly. And um, I've seen the church... Uh, from being ethnocentric, you know, I, I used to pastor a Filipino church only. <laughs> That's my background. I'm, I'm from the Philippines. I was born and raised there. I came to the Bay Area in 1979 as a teenager. And when I started in the ministry, uh, it was very, uh, you know, ethnocentric. Uh, it's just us, you know, I deal only with the cultural, um, aspects of the people that I'm ministering to. Uh, but at, at some point, you know, that has changed. Uh, we now pastor a, a more diverse type of uh, church with all kinds of people coming in, uh, listening to the message. And it's, it taught me that, that the gospel is for everybody. And it's not it's not supposed to be just culturally uh, confined, but it has to be, um, it has to impact everybody who would listen to, to, to the word and listen to the message. And it has to impact them at the core of their very lives. So that's the big thing that the big change that I've seen, you know, from when I started a few years ago to now, we are now more um uh, diverse, <laughs> so to speak. And I found that people, people's needs are the same. People's uh, spiritual uh, need, especially, are the same whoever they are. And I think that's the biggest, biggest thing that I've seen um, 
in the years that I've been ministering in the area that, that we're on. Some people feel intimidated by that. You know, I think Dr. Martin Luther King once said that America is no more divided racially than she is Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. <laughs> and, and in some parts of the country, it's a real struggle to try to achieve some level of diversity. And yet here in the San Francisco Bay Area, it seems to be almost organic. People come from all over the country, all over the world for opportunities. They like the climate. They like the the the, the yeah. atmosphere that, that life in California in a broad sense and certainly specifically in the Bay Area can afford. There are tremendous opportunities for career advancement here. And so there's almost been a sense that the Bay Region has maybe been one of the greatest examples of a melting pot perhaps more so than any other part in the country, maybe even in the planet. And yet some people sometimes, I think, feel that as a challenge. But I have to wonder at the end of the day, um, is the, the Bay Area's sense of diversity uh, more of an asset than it is a liability, in your opinion? Absolutely. I mean, it goes both ways. Those of us who started, you know, with just our own group, so to speak, again, you know, in a Filipino community, uh, those of us who, who started that way, I mean, there's a certain sense of, of, of comfort in knowing that, hey, you know the people that you're talking to, and it's easier to communicate with them, you know, you, you speak the same language, you have the same, the same type of cultural, you know, um, Types of um, habits and things like that. I, I don't Church know exactly that, are easier, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and 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 you know, you you tend to understand um, that you know this is this is comfortable. I mean, it's 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 your own kind, so therefore, you know, you can communicate the gospel with them, um, you know, accordingly. But that's just not. I believe that's not what God wants to do. I think I think we need to walk away from being so, um, uh, you know, culturally centered among uh, you know among ourselves that we forget that God wants everybody <laughs> to be saved regardless of who they are. So we 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 have to make a conscious decision not to be uh, you know a culturally centered church, but a, a gospel centered church where we welcome everybody. Uh, and invite them to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and um, and I think I think that's a great opportunity that we have here in the Bay Area, uh, that we have that kind of diversity, that we we don't have to worry about who to minister to. We can just invite anybody, let them come in and let them experience the love of God. And, so instead of being of afraid God. of it or off put by it or intimidated by it, it sounds like what you're suggesting is we actually should lean into it, and, and maybe in a real sense, not only just in terms of the broader sense of it looking more like what heaven will look like mm -hmm. uh, you know I, anybody had has the the notion that there's going to be you know the baptist section and the pentecostal section and the presbyterian right. section i think is going to be really surprised but moreover the notion especially for the survival of the church as mm -hmm. we see neighborhoods grow and change and oftentimes you know we used to see these these slow transitions. Uh, your, your background, in part, I understand, is in is in technology, and mm -hmm. and and you certainly, uh, amongst many, would understand that there was a period of time where major shifts in technology might come in 
20 and 30 year periods. I mean, if you look at the automobile, for example, from its inception in the late 1800s in through the 1950s, really fundamentally hadn't changed much. And then suddenly changes started to come more and more rapidly. And, you know, we, we think of 30 years ago, it was a television set that either had rabbit ears or, or maybe connected to a community cable system now today we we carry the television set you know right here in our pocket it's called a cell phone and and computers that during world war ii would take up buildings to do simple calculations we have 10 times as much calculating power sitting at our desk and so the these rapid changes that we're seeing are coming faster and faster and i think that's true too when it comes to the the dynamic this the social economic and spiritual makeup of neighborhoods so that a church that was firmly planted in one particular neighborhood with the goal of reaching that neighborhood now sits 10, 20 years later looking around and saying, none of the folks that were here in the beginning are here today. Things have changed. And so for us to survive, we need to either pick up and move elsewhere, which is not always recommendable, or grow where we're planted and learn how to be, as Scripture exhorts us, to be instant in season and in out of season, to be agile in a sense, to respond to those local changing community needs. Absolutely. And I, and I think, um, you know, technology is a great thing. And and uh, we had been in that area in Sunnyvale for, for a very long time, for, for over 25 years. And I firmly believe that, you know, if God planted that local congregation there, we better do everything we can to make sure that we're doing our our due diligence to reach uh, that, that neighborhood. It used to be, uh, where we are, used to be a, a commercial area where there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, automotive shops and, and things like that. Now there are a bunch of condominiums, multi-million dollar condominiums, condominiums if i may add and you're right the demographics have changed they're young professionals very smart people and our work is cut out for us we need to reach them somehow in in their in their uh where they are and at the same time we need to be true to to the fact that uh the holy spirit has to you know has to be involved in reaching them and they have to we have to uh focus on the fact that 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 where, wherever we are, whatever neighborhoods we're in, whatever community we're trying to serve, uh, God opens the door for us uh, to reach those people uh, in more ways than maybe uh, we're not used to, but it's a good opportunity and a challenge to get started. Uh, it's intimidating uh, to talk to some of the younger people in, in our areas right now because they are smart and they are rich literally rich and uh and it makes for a very difficult um a challenge to to introduce them to the to the gospel but god finds a way and makes a way uh for the local church to be part of that and i'm i'm, I'm happy to say that you know we uh we have been blessed uh to see uh some young people you know coming around and 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 uh really getting more spiritually interested uh, than before. If you've just joined us, our conversation today is with Pastor Israel Labson, Senior Pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. We'll take a brief time out, get back to more of the dialogue in just a moment. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're talking today with Pastor Israel Labson. He is founder and senior pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. Pastor Labson, let's return to our conversation. Let me, uh, let me pick things up here. Is this also, in your opinion, Pastor Labson, a, an argument for the importance of what I'll call, for maybe the want of a better term, lifestyle evangelism? And, and by that I mean, you know, 30, 40 years ago, most people have been raised in an environment that if they weren't consistent churchgoers, at least there was an awareness and maybe they, they even showed up on Easter and Christmas. Um, and if you tried to reach a person like that, um, they already had a fundamental awareness of God's existence. Now, what their relationship was with God, what that looks like, who Christ is, well, those might be important points then from an evangelistic standpoint to to address. Today, we've got ever-increasing changes, not only in, in fundamental culture here in the Bay Area, but from so many peoples that are coming in from outside of the region for whom there is not the fundamental baseline of an understanding of existence of God. In fact, more often than not, if you look at the news with any frequency, you see there's even a debate not over what truth is, but that truth even exists? Or can yep. we have multiple truths that on face value would seem to be directly you know, contrarian yet coexisting? And so suddenly now, for a believer, it's not just a matter of if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? You've got people that say, well, what's heaven? How do I know that heaven exists? And how do I know that God exists? And so, you know, the the notion then of having our work cut out for us, I, I, I think is certainly true. And I wonder if then demonstrating to people that we come in contact with every day, our neighbors, our coworkers, uh, folks that we meet at the grocery store, at the bank, things of this sort, that we, we're living out our faith in such a fashion that people see a difference in us that would hopefully give us a, a, a platform and a permission, if you will, to be able to share our own faith, our own faith walk experience with them so that maybe they may not believe in God, but would look at us and say, if God exists, I wonder if he looks something like you. Well, that, that all, Craig, begins uh, in the church. Uh, we, we, we need to be focused more on, on, on training our people uh, to do just that. I, I'm a firm believer in, in um, uh, doing church, people coming to church, going to worship service. Their attendance in church is important, but beyond just coming to church and worshiping, uh, deliberately uh, training uh, the people to be in fellowship, to share other experiences as they share the, their faith to other people. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, people don't want don't to necessarily come to, to church. Uh, the church has been um, wrongly <laughs> accused of so many things that that uh, there's there seems to be this 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 idea that the church does not have to be confined um, you know into um, you know into to a location I mean I understand the, uh, the the meaning of that but I believe Christians ought to be planted in a local church and absolutely get their training 
you know not just in evangelism but but begin to 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 uh, to know the word through through the ministries of the church uh and actually be trained in how to uh, how to reach you know, people in their in a wor- in their workplace um you know those are those are very important uh things and you know sadly there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh emphasis on you know i i don't i don't need to be connected to a particular uh church uh but i disagree i think everyone who is a christian must be connected and and must be growing continually in their walk with god and that's the responsibility of the local church and i'm 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 god has been extraordinarily gracious and 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 kind uh to me that you know that has given me an opportunity to, to to pastor a smaller church where I can be involved in in the lives of the people that I minister to, and I think what I see uh, um, th- that I need to focus on, especially the younger generation, is to actually teach them the word in the local church, where people who are mature in their faith actually discipling people into the knowledge of the word. I mean, uh, you know. These kids are smart. They can they can handle the deeper things of of scriptures, and and we need to train them to evangelize, uh, you know, among their uh, their age group, and, and and teach them because we're gonna lose this generation of of of, um, of kids unless we plant them in a local church and actually train them, uh, you know, hermeneutically to study the word and to, to you know to offer. Um, their testimonies. So we really, in a sense, need to be quite intentional, intentional about all absolutely. of this. And, and I say that because, as you're pointing out, at the end of the day, it, it really all revolves around one word to kind of distill it all down. Relationships. Relationships. Uh, you absolutely. Know, w- whether it's talking about encouraging and fostering relationships on the horizontal plane that give us an opportunity to minister to and speak truth to other individuals who are not within the body of Christ, that ultimately then catapults them toward a relationship on the vertical plane, because there's, of course, the most important relationship, our relationship with God. But no matter how you distill it, whether it be on the vertical or horizontal plane, it's all about relationships. And and, and that perhaps also poses a bit of a challenge these days, because on an ever-increasing basis, uh, relationships get punctuated by technology. That as much right. as we celebrate the ability to communicate, we can be in a room together virtually. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the height of COVID, we could still go to church virtually. And yet, in my mind, none of that is a substitute for the real deal, meaning the iron sharpening iron, the church, the body of believers coming together praying for one another, encouraging one another, exhorting one another. The old adage of the, the, the older men teach the younger men, the older women teach the younger women. All of that that pours into them knowledge and understanding that will not only help them improve their relationships on the horizontal plane with their parents, with their children, with others, and for, for the sake of the gospel, but ultimately the goal of improving and deepening the relationship on the vertical plane with God himself. If you've just joined us, our conversation today is with Pastor Israel Labson, Senior Pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. We'll take a brief time out, get back to more of the dialogue in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
Welcome back. We're talking today with Pastor Israel Lampson. He is founder and senior pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. Pastor Lampson, let's pick up where we left off just prior to the break. How much does the ability to sort of hide behind technology? I mean, you hear stories today about, you know, my my husband announced that he's going to divorce me through a text message. And you think, oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, have we gotten that really afraid of of human contact? And I think in some ways, as much as God can certainly use technology for good, he's doing it right now. Part of our conversation is taking place because of technology. And yet, at the end of the day, it can't be a substitute for relationships. Absolutely, I, I, I think I think that's absolutely right. You know, you mentioned uh, during COVID, um, the one of the best decisions we've ever made during the height of the pandemic was not to shut down the church. We 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 tell people stay home. We're going to stream the service. We're going to do the same things. And there was a time when it just it was just me and and the worship leader and one other person trying to stream the service and all of that. And I keep saying this is a temporary thing. Don't get used to this. Technology is great for times like this, but this is not what we're called to do. We are called to be in personal relationships. We are called to, to, to spur one another. And, and sure, it can be done through, you know, <laughs> through Zoom or through whatever, through texting and all of that, that stuff. But there's no substitute for me laying my hands on somebody to pray for them, uh, to talk to them in, you know, in person. Uh, sometimes we lose the, the, um, the personal, you know, the personal aspect that can only happen when we're in front of each other, when we're actually talking together, when we're actually uh, feeling each other, uh, each other's burden, carry each, uh, carrying each other's burdens. Now, uh, sadly, a lot of people have uh, thought that that was a substitute. You know, hey, I'm I'm on Facebook. The the the, the church is on Facebook, uh, or we're streaming. Why don't I just sit at home and? Uh, and uh, just watch the service. Well, you know, you, you, you can't hug your television, you know, and say, okay, well, you know, I'm having real fellowship here. Technology is great, but I think God has always called the people to assemble. Well, God has always called them to, to be, to assemble together as, as, as believers. And, and, when you, no when you bring it, and when you bring it full circle... And again, forgive me if it sounds like I'm kind of uh, uh, harping on a point here, but I think it's an important one. When we bring it full circle, even God himself came down. It, It wasn't sufficient that there were just touch points that you could engage with the priest when the sacrifice was done, speaking of Old Testament, uh, or, or the awareness that God was there, or, or uh, the occasional witnessing of a sign or a miracle. God so focused on relationship that he felt it important to come down and right. walk amongst us because at the end of the day, God finally, you know, he says, hey, you guys can't keep my commandments. And so I'm going to come up with a, a, a new plan. There's going to be a new covenant that will cover all mankind and all sin for all time. I'm going to send my only begotten son to be sacrificed on the cross that in him and through him and his substitutionary work on the cross, you might be forgiven and reconciled that you might walk in 
relationship with very God himself. So if if this whole word relationship was that critically important to God himself, he felt it so vital that he have relationship with his creation, that he was even willing to go as far as sacrificing his only begotten son, how much more then should we look at that as, as an example and say, you know, it's great if you can sh- you know, sh- shout across the valley, love you, love you too, when I get to the other side, we'll connect up. But at the end of the day, it's about walking in relationship. And I think that that, that notion that we can somehow institute or insert technology Again, on a substitutionary short-term basis, COVID was a good example of that. It can work to our benefit. But to somehow think that this becomes a, a, a permanent replacement for human tactile engagement in relationship, I think is very dangerous and flawed thinking. Then I, I agree with that 100%. And that's what fellowship, the biblical fellowship ought to be. Uh, we, we, we need to be together. We need to assemble together uh, to be able to reach uh, each other in a more, you know, personal and intimate way uh, in our relationship with, in expressing our relationship with Christ. I mean, you can only feel the love of, of God from another person that shows it to you. And if, if, you know, granted it can be done long distance, but there's no substitute for us being together, you know, praying for one another, you know, physically. And like you said, I mean, Jesus, I mean, the disciples were known to have been with Jesus. They have heard him. They have touched him. They, they, they were with him, you know, uh, physically. Um, and he did send them the Holy Spirit to come uh, so that when they do have fellowship together, that, 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 that his presence will be felt more powerfully. And that's true to this day, which I think listeners, Absolutely. I know that sounds pretty, pretty fundamental, but they need to be reminded of when Jesus talked about, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. But not to worry, I'm going to send my comforter, the Holy Spirit, that will empower you to be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. That God came and not, not just temporarily dwelt among us, but through the presence of the Holy Spirit is here with us. Always. Always. And so again, Absolutely. it goes back to the presence, the presence, the presence. And so if it's important for God to be present with us, then we ought to think as his creation capture the message that the presence on the on the horizontal plane with one another is equally as important. And I think that's the only way that you really effectively reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the old adage, how will they hear unless there's a, a preacher, right? And, and I think all of us need to understand, you know, you, you can pray for the next door neighbor. You can maybe send them a little note if you hear that they're sick. Or send them a Christmas card and wish them a Merry Christmas, all as means of reaching out. But at the end of the day, that that human contact is going to be the most successful means by which you might demonstrate the love of Christ, be his hands and feet on earth, his representative, and be able to reach that person relationally to eventually then, hopefully, through discipleship, lead them to a relationship with very God himself. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's irreplaceable. And I think that, you know, there's no substitute for that. You're right. You know, we, we, we can, uh, we can try to reach out and use so many different methods to bring people, the gospel and all of that. But there's no substitute to that one-on-one personal relationship, uh, cultivating that personal relationship and eventually not only leading people to Christ, but also discipling them in the word. And, and it helps us grow too as, as individual Christians when we, when we look at ministry as a, a 
personal, um, you know, a, a, a personal enterprise. <laughs> you know, you're reaching people and you're growing in the process, but you're also making disciples. Uh, but that has to be done at a personal level. Uh, one-to-one evangelism is still very effective. And, you personal know, the, the, and at the end of the day, I think to put this in perspective, Pastor Lebson, there's the notion, too, that uh, we get distracted by making the money to pay the rent to make the mortgage payment taking the kids to soccer practice after school all of these things that we do are ultimately just distractions to the real reason why we are here and that is to love him and to serve him and to ultimately recognize that this is just a nanosecond of time this is just a a flash in the pan of all eternity we're going to be here for a period then if god tarry we be called home so this is just sort of preparation so to speak for, for the rest of eternity and so i think to keep that in mind that doesn't to say that god doesn't want you to enjoy your family and 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 the things that he's blessed you with and the opportunities that he gives you but just keep it all in perspective at the end of the day it's still really only about him and about our eternal destiny absolutely that's I, I agree with that a hundred percent, and I think that's you, you know we have to have we have to have something to show for the life that God has given us, and we need to we need to look uh, at our priorities, and you know I hear it's it's tough in our region, it's tough in the Bay Area, you, you know, and I and again one of the reasons why I. I I'm thankful that I had been a bivocational pastor is because, you know, it gives a little more uh, credibility to, to my preaching when I look at people and I said, I, I know what you're going through. I ride the same freeway. I, I go to the same freeways. I pay the same gas, I, you know, the same rent and all of that, all the, all the responsibilities that we have, uh, here. And I, and I can, I can relate to that, but that's, that, that, that's not a, an excuse for us not to focus on the more eternal things um, that God has called us to, to focus on. And that is to establish those relationships, first and foremost, to our families. And, and then in our coworkers, our, our, our neighbors, um, we, we have to show God something <laughs> for the life that he has given us and for the opportunities that he has opened for us. And it always is amazing to me how simple this can be. I think so. Sometimes we we allow the enemy to trick us into believing that, well, yeah, I understand I should f- share my faith, but, you know, I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of Bible verses memorized, or what if they ask me a question I can't answer? Well, pastor went to college and university. He's far more uh, equipped to, to be able to speak to these issues than I, and so we, we, kind of, we kind of shrink back into a sense of timidity, not realizing that let's not make it more complicated complicated than what it is. First and foremost, and you said this earlier and it bears repeating, it is the expressed job of the Holy Spirit to, to bring about conviction. And God in Romans 1 reminds us that he will reveal himself to each and every one. So we as believers have the simple opportunity then to be Christ's representative on earth to speak truth when the opportunity affords itself, and to simply be there. And if we are a beacon of hope, if we run into the co-worker who just got word that his spouse has been diagnosed with cancer, you don't have to, be, you know, quote chapter and verse about healing <laughs> and, and go into some long dissertation. You can simply say, gee, Charlie, gosh, Bill, I understand 
you've received some very frightening news in your family. I'm wondering, can I pray for you? And watch what God will do through something as minuscule, as simple as that. If you've just joined us, our conversation today is with Pastor Israel Labson, Senior Pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. We'll take a brief time out, get back to more of the dialogue in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're talking today with Pastor Israel Labson. He is founder and senior pastor of Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. Pastor Labson, let's return to our conversation. Let me uh, me pick things up here. I think sometimes we confuse ourselves and we think that we're the ones that are to do the job of the Holy Spirit. If we haven't led 10 people to Christ in the last week, there's something wrong. Instead of saying, you know, some will plant the seed Others will put the water on top. Somebody else will come along and do the harvest. Play our role. Don't try to play Holy Spirit. Play our role and trust God. And I believe if the church is engaged at that level, again, at that relationship level, it will be absolutely astonishing to see what God will do. But we need to do our part, don't we? That's absolutely right. That's very true. And uh, there's no substitute for that either. You know, I've been to, as a pastor, I've been to many a deathbed. I've been to many funerals. And, I've con- you know, I've been in many crisis situations. And you're right. I don't know of any pastor, however educated they are, uh, can actually have the words to say at the time when they're dealing with a crisis. But I found out that's just you being there and putting your hands on them and saying, I'm praying for you. Sometimes that goes a long way because the rest of it is the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes I, you know, when I'm in those situations, I really don't know what to say. I really don't know how to say to a person who's just lost a child, um, you know, lost a loved one to, to cancer. And, and, and oftentimes we try to, you know, muster the kinds of things that, uh, that will help the people. But I found that just being there and because you've established some kind of relationship with them, and that goes a long way. That would be enough. And the rest is the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, giving them the comfort that they need. Um, and there's no substitute for that, I think. And I, and I think we, we need to go back to the to, to just fundamentally uh, focusing on, on simple reliance on what God can do. Uh, we often elevate, oh, you know, that's a professional. He went to seminary or, you know, he knows more about this, about the Bible and all of that. And I'm not saying we, we, we shouldn't, you know, um, get serious about our understanding of scriptures. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the Spirit of God will put us in situations wherein you, you and I are going to have to rely on His power um, to be able to, you know, to reach people that, that, that need, uh, need His presence uh, in, in those situations. So. And you said it a moment ago so well. Sometimes it's just a matter of being present. So, and, if, and if God dwells in us, we carry his presence wherever we go. And when people are hurting, they're in pain, they're dealing with a crisis, life challenges, whatever it might be, they need the presence of God. And oftentimes we can be the one that brings that presence in. It's not about speaking eloquent words. Yes, I agree. You know, the scripture says study to show oneself approved. Absolutely, we should be able to, to give that answer for the hope that lies within. 
But sometimes the simplest thing is ultimately the most powerful thing, and that is just simply be present. Be it present in the life of your family. When the kids come home, dad's there, mom's there. There's relational engagement. When you find out about a neighbor that's going through something just to show up on the front door with, you know, a a baked cake or a bucket of chicken, whatever it might be, (laughs) and just be present. And I think if we if we'll do that and be obedient God will be faithful to his word and his promises, and he will show up. And then with reliance upon the Holy Spirit, watch and see what the Holy Spirit will do in the life of that individual. Absolutely. And he never fails. So, you know, I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, I tried too hard to, you know, to offer the things that I can offer. And I try to do my best. And I, I think we try to do our best. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's, still, it's, still, it's still the Spirit's uh, power and work that will, that will make a difference. Pastor Lobson, for folks that have been eavesdropping on our conversation today saying, wow, I, I really like what pastors had to share today. And I'd like to find out more about what God is doing at Living Rock Church of Sunnyvale. Take a couple of moments, if you would, please, and just tell us a bit about the church and what God is doing there. Well, uh, again, we're we're a small uh, congregation, and there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, you, you know, you you can have my time and my undivided attention. If you come, I will be talking to you. I, I, I'll be doing my best, uh, you know, to to welcome you. We do things very simply in our church. We don't have a whole lot of. Uh, you know a whole lot of strategies and 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 you know programs, but you can expect to to praise and worship God in the church. Uh, we 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 sing a lot, uh, we eat a lot as a small church. We we do have potlucks, and it you know that the people think that that's part of church now, and we make no excuses for that. Uh, Jesus says, yeah, I knock on the door, you open the door, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll sup with you. I mean, we, we use every excuse to make sure that we, we face each other in front of a table over a meal. And that's part of our, our communion. And a lot of people think, well, you know, they're just going to come because of the food. I don't care. You come for whatever reason you, 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 you have. And I can guarantee you, uh, we do things simply. We worship God. We praise God. We pray for one another and we proclaim the word as best as we can and uh, we want to reach out to you and and we believe and are confident that God works in so many great ways through simple things that we do uh, in, in our local church. We, we, we do have a community outreach. Uh, we do feed the, the, the poor and the hungry in our community. Uh, we're given once a month to do that by the city. Um, we have Bible studies and fellowship, but our main focus is to just connect people um, to the Word of God, first and foremost, uh, connect people to, to Jesus, and in the process, you know, minister to them uh, in the best way we can and reach out to them. And the, the program has really done a, a, a lot of wonderful things. I mean, we've started seeing people who listen to the program coming in and, and, and checking us out. And um, uh, that's... Uh, that's something that, uh, you know, uh, we're very glad and very privileged uh, to have because that's our ministry to to reach out, to point people to Jesus. And uh, you, 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 you may not you may not see a big fanfare or anything like that, 
but uh, we, we guarantee that uh, that you will sing and you will worship Jesus when you enter our church. It's about the simplicity and the power of the gospel and the word uncompromisingly preached. Absolutely. And when you mentioned about, well, if we serve them a big meal, they'll only come, come for the food. Can you imagine when Jesus fed the 5,000 if some of the disciples <laughs> said, wait a minute now, if we feed these folks, they're just going to come for the food. That's okay. Yeah. They may come for the food, but his word never goes out and returns void. Absolutely. It accomplishes his good pleasure. Well, if you're in the greater Sunnyvale area, we invite you to check out Living Rock Church. You can find them at 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale. They've got a comprehensive website with more information at livingrockchurch.org. That's livingrockchurch.org. And the radio broadcast, which Pastor just referred to a moment ago, Living on the Rock Radio, can be heard Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 1100 KFAX. Again, online, livingrockchurch.org. That's livingrockchurch.org. And Pastor Israel Labson, been such a delight to spend some time visiting with you. Thanks so much for visiting with us today. Craig, I, I appreciate this opportunity and thank you to KFAX for uh, uh, allowing us uh, uh, this time and, and this moment uh, to share something about our church. Really appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.